Welcome to the YPN Breakfast Podcast. Please enjoy this audio recording of our August Financial Literacy Breakfast at Manny's Deli. You'll listen to Mike Opid, Rodney Terry, and moderator Devon Chandler as they discuss financial tips and tricks for realtors to implement in their business. Enjoy. All right, so uh, why don't we get things started? No better person to lead today's conversation uh, than incoming 2022 YPN Advisory Board Vice Chair Devon Chandler. Oh boy. Morning, morning, how we doing? Morning, morning, how we doing? Cool, appreciate it. So, uh, pumped for today's topic. Um, Financial literacy is super important to me. Um, I was talking to these guys earlier about how this is something that I wish I would have got started with, you know, five years ago when I first became a realtor. Um, I think that we've all probably been in a situation to where you put something under contract and you already spend it. So, <laughs> um, you know, you're picking out that TV, you're picking out, you know, new shoes or whatever. So um, the panel today is gonna actually help us get better at spending that commission check and managing it in a good way. So um, since the topic of financial literacy is pretty personal, we're doing things a little bit different. So you actually have a uh, card in front of you that has a website, swiftpolling.com. So if you have questions, send it into that. Um, so that way, if you're embarrassed or think that it's a question that's kind of personal, but you want to know an answer to it, uh, we can get the guys to answer it up here. So that code is actually different. Uh, the correct code is 16237. It's different from what's on your card. So that's 16237. Swiftpolling.com. Cool. It's uh, 16237. 16237. 16237. Cool. So let's meet today's panelists. So first up, we got... Mike Open. Mike is the principal owner and managing broker at Remax Next and has been in the business since 2008. In 2017, he opened up Remax Next and has been focusing on helping his team of over 40 agents. Under his mentorship, Remax Next agents have increased their production year over year while new agents have gone from no production to a million plus in sales in their first 12 months. He's also an OG from the uh, YPN advisory board, so welcome, Mike. Thank you, everyone. Next, welcome Rodney Terry. Rodney is a lifestyle coach, financial literacy advocate, real estate enthusiast, Overall wealth builder, his experience across multiple industries, including pharmacy, professional coaching, ministry leadership, as well as real estate investing, has positioned him to help thousands of professionals. He is also a broker with Primetime Realty Group. Welcome. Cool. So let's kick this off. Actually, I'm going to kick it off with a question of my own, uh, and it kind of goes into you know, turning your business or turning your hobby of real estate into an actual business. So my question to you both is, what would be the number one thing you would recommend for a new agent that's literally just getting started, brand new, got that first commission check, doesn't really know what to do with it? You all hear me? Uh, simple, don't be stupid. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the ways I look at how realtors get paid is very much how athletes get paid where you know athletes especially new athletes rookie athletes they join whatever team they're on they get a large sum of money just dumped into their account and if their first idea is i'm gonna go spend all this and obviously it's a massive mistake with realtors you know we get massive commission checks hopefully dumped on our accounts and no one telling us what to do with it it's so vital that you understand that every dollar that comes into you has to be used for your business first and how are you going to spend that money wisely instead of just spending it on stupid things like watches or cars and stuff like that you got to understand watches cars things like that do not get you more business they look shiny they're flashy they're cool but clients don't care really what car you drive or what's like the name brand clothes you wear the watch you have on they're there for you you're you're there to help them and they're going to look for your knowledge so when you first get those first checks, see how obviously pay your bills and 
support and things like that. You got to say that nowadays. But, um, but then what can you use of that money to go right back into your business? Every dollar that you can should go back into your business before you do anything else. And then the rest of it, start working about saving and doing like investing down the line. But every dollar goes back into business because every dollar you don't put back into your business is going to be business you're not going to get down the line. So start there. Okay. Can everybody hear me? Yes. Good morning. All right, so I want to piggyback on that. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a natural teacher, so you guys, if you got pens or if you got your notes, please take them because I'm going to be give, dropping nuggets every once in a while. Um, as a realtor in less than five years, I left the pharmacy career after 10 years to do it full time, and I thought that was going to be a good decision, <laughs> but it was not. It was a more <laughs> struggling decision. And I've come up with these four methods, right, especially for all of my new realtors or those who want to transition into it. Make the money, save the money, invest the money, and live on the interest of the accounts, okay? Make the money, save the money, invest the money, and live on the interest of the accounts. When I say investment, I'm not necessarily talking about stocks or real estate right away. Also investing it back into, as Mike said, your business. If we talk about business cards, trainings, anything, or small websites, I mean, my website is up. I only pay like $500 to get it done. It's pretty good, and it's, it generates my business as people want to get connected with me. It's like the, you go straight to my website, schedule a consultation, and we go from there. So make the money, save the money, invest the money, and live on the interest of the accounts, okay? So that's like one of the number one things I would say as far as transition because once you know your number, for those who don't have budgets, you should get it. If you know you can make your, that it costs $3,000 to live each and every month, and then you know your commission as you're calculating it is shorter than that, then you say, okay, I got to do a little bit more work and get more clients probably doubling that number, or finding a raise within uh, your budget, but not necessarily making more money, but paying off something that will allow you to have more money on a monthly basis. Because just giving yourself a raise doesn't necessarily get, mean getting more clients. You could cut off uh, one of those memberships that you haven't used in 16 months. Okay, so that's, that's that. Cool, no, thank you. Uh, really good answers for, uh, from both of you. So uh, next question I have is, so I think that a lot of us as realtors are, are really good as realtors or will be good at realtor or realtoring, if that's a word. Um, but my question is how? So again, we can show houses, we can show people how to invest, but how do you manage money? So do you recommend realtors get a financial advisor or YouTube, you know, how to budget money? What are your thoughts? Okay. It's me again. <laughs> but, um, and everybody can hear me, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So from a simple practical standpoint, for the, a lot of people don't have the money or even the resources right away to get an accountant. So one thing I found best is to have at least three accounts. Your uh, income account, this is just, we're talking about just regular checking account. Get your regular checking account where all your income comes into it without a debit card. And then get your second account that is your expense account where you know all your bills are. Again, I can't stress knowing your number. If you know your number, you know the problem. If you make if, you're, if, it's three, if it costs you $3,000 a month to live, we're talking about rent, you get your hair done and all those things of that nature, and you're only making $3,000, you're here. If you're making $3,000 and you got $5,000 coming in, you're here. So, and if you make, and if your number is $3,000 and you only make $1,500, you're down here. So once you know your number, you know your problem. Either I have to make more money or I have to do something else, supplemental income. Shout out to all my Uber drivers out there who do it outside of their showings, like myself. <laughs> it's like some, some of my clients are just like, I can't believe you still do it Uber. I was like, well, it's still paying me. Because <laughs> again, I use, and again, I use, I have the basics as far as income going and every commission I could just stack. I've been able to invest in real estate projects. I love it, I love it, I love it. Until I get to that point where I say, okay, cool, now I can step back and just do it real estate full time. But knowing your number and setting it up, having that checking account where your income comes in, having a second checking account where all of your expenses come in, it feels great. Like, if my number dropped below in the second account, $3,000 a month, let's say, I just say, okay, but I got a $10,000 commission, I'm probably just gonna bring it up to 3,000 and then get to spend the rest on investing or leisure or whatever I wanna do. It makes things simple. So you gotta know, you gotta, I think the biggest issue is not knowing how much it costs to live your life. And then that's why you continue to struggle and go forth, or just the pride of just not wanting to do anything else to get supplemental income, especially when you guys are more talented as far as YouTube and social media and leveraging those different things that you can. I know a realtor who also pays for consultation. I was giving my consultations for free, and now I can't do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, you know, so, so again, setting up something practical, 
first checking account, second checking account, and that third checking account is more so for leisure. So that's how you plan your vacations out. I plan six vacations out throughout the year. I do it in a year in advance so all of my flights are cheap. In fact, um, one of the ideas that a friend gave me, in case you guys have this already, if you put it, uh, if you have a reward, a reward credit card, you put your bills on that reward credit card, the bills are paid every month on time, you pay that credit card each month before it's due, and then you make, and then, number one, you're getting points, so most of my flights are free. <laughs> number two, you're able to uh, build credit, because that's also good whenever, if you guys decide to start building business credit. And number three, it's just a peace of mind. So I'm giving you very practical you could do right now without having to do anything too, too, too extra. Those three checking accounts are everything. Okay. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, awesome advice. I think one of the things that's important to know is that you need to find at some point somebody who's going to help you with your money. Absolutely. You know, um, and there's tons of financial planners out there, financial advisors. The one thing I would definitely suggest is when you do your research, find someone who's an actual fiduciary. Mm -hmm. I struggle to say that word. Yep. If you don't know what a fiduciary is, look it up. These are people that are not based on commissions. They're, they're not there to sell you product. They're there to help you invest your money into stuff, and they only get paid as whatever they put you in does better. So it's in their best interest to put you in better things and invest your money wisely. You could start allocating just small amounts into that, even if it's just something like 500 bucks a month, you know, just have it automatically withdrawn. Just put it in there, don't even think about it. And if you guys don't know anything about compound interest, mm. just putting something into account mm. and letting it just accumulate and compound over and over, it's, it's massive how much money could be accumulated and just, just putting a little bit each month away. So it's very important that you gotta start thinking about the future. We're not always gonna have these amazing you know, years where we're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's gonna be adjustments, there's gonna be crashes, hopefully not terrible ones like 08, but the market's gonna adjust and you're gonna have to adjust with it, maybe things slow down. If you automate stuff, it's out of sight, out of mind. It's just like our bills, out of sight, out of mind, money comes out of the account, pays our car, pays our mortgage, good, you're done. So I would definitely say find someone that you trust, have it automated, make sure you're on top of it, you work with them, don't just let them run with your money. That's why a lot of athletes we see that go broke mm -hmm. is because they trusted someone that sold them a bill of goods and then that person wasted all their money. So make sure it's somebody you trust. Have them, done, them do that. The other thing I would highly suggest is if you are not incorporated, get yourself an LLC. And there's a few different reasons for that. It's one, it's really cheap. You could go through, I think it's the, the Illinois, there's a, a what's it, CyberDrive Illinois. It's a couple hundred bucks, incorporate. When you incorporate, all you need to do is set up a bank account with that incorporation, have all your commission checks go there. Yes. One, your accountant's gonna love yes. you for that anyways. Yes. Two, there's very, it's very powerful to be able to pay yourself a salary as an employee of your LLC. This will eliminate some of the tax burden that we get as 1099 employees and we get slammed with that, you know, that um, the taxes we get where we're double taxed at the end of the year by being self-employed. You could pay yourself up to $40,000 in salary. You could set it up where the taxes come out and the money goes right back into your account. And now if you make $100,000, you're only gonna be taxed on the 60,000. Then you take your expenses out of that and your tax burden just drops. And it's totally legal. It's a smart thing to do if you're not doing it. The other, the other thing too with that is the layer of protection of being incorporated. If you are not incorporated and one of your clients sues you, and we all work with crazies, you know, there's a lot of wackos out there that are more than willing to sue anyone just to make money. They could come after you personally and your own liabilities, your own house, your own car. If you're incorporated, they could only come after your LLC. And if they do that, you could always close it down and set up a new one if you have to. So lots of protection there. I just want to say that this man is literally dropping bars, okay? Seriously, everything he just said, you pay, I mean, I paid $2,000 to hear somebody just say this, and you guys just got that. That was important about the LLC and incorporating it, okay? I just want y'all to know. That's all I want. That's really, really good. Thank you. Yeah, Appreciate it. So, uh, a few takeaways from that. So, if you're taking notes, uh, hire a professional. I mean, yes. like, we encourage people to, hi to hire us as professionals in the real estate process, so why not hire a professional to, you know, manage one of the most important things, which is your money? So, um, encourage that for sure. You actually stole one of my questions about the LLC, <laughs> but all good. Um, good question. We're all, you know, young at heart, um, and, you know, we all want to retire at some point. So, 
Uh, the question is, how do you recommend a realtor plan for retirement? Okay, so I'm intentional about everything, right? And everybody can still hear me, right? Okay, so I have this big plan, you know, as all of us should be dreaming and have. I've always became a realtor so I can build enough capital, stack it, throw it into fix and flip. This is my dream, okay? So you guys could just kind of follow along. Stack enough capital, do fix and flips, take the income from that capital and do buy and holds. I have a goal of 100 doors by 45 and uh, invested in 10,000 shares in total of the, of the top 10 that I decide to choose. There's something about, again, going back to how much you know it costs you to live. Now, right now, it's, it's fairly easy, because I'm a, I'm a simple guy right now, but I have dreams. Anybody ever showed in the NEMA? Anybody ever showed in NEMA? Yeah, I want to be, I want to definitely have unobstructed views of the skyline and the lake, right? So, so, but I choose not to do it unless something else is paying for it. Uh, when we talked about one of the lenders earlier, about the three and a half percent down, you know we qualify for that, right? So if you do an FHA or a multifamily, or something, um, live in one unit, you know, rent out the others, let it pay for your mortgage as long as everything makes sense on the number side. And you have a building eventually after re re you refinance out to a conventional or some other structure like that, and you build from one building, take the equity out of that, put it as a down payment for your next one, and keep building, building doors. You're creating different streams to make sure that whatever income that you were getting when you were healthy and going out there, as one person said earlier, you don't be 80 years showing a multifamily. I don't even wear my jacket when I'm showing multifamilies. It gets so hot going up and downstairs. It's like you got to set something in place. Whatever that residual is, I don't want to restrict you guys, and I know this is a real estate event. I don't want you to restrict it just to real estate. There's three ways, okay, now I'm getting into the teaching mode. There's three ways you become wealthy in America, okay? You're talking about bars about to be dropped. Businesses, as he talked about, LLC and incorporating it. Okay, real, real estate, of course, because everybody needs some place to live. And stocks, that's it. So if you can take that money, when I talked about make the money, save the money, invest the money, you're gonna be invested in those three areas. As he said, the business, for the tax advantages. Real estate, because of rental income consistently. Stocks, because of the power of compound interest. With just small investments. Like, I don't wanna come from this space, because I'm not, I'm not there yet, where I've done a billion yet. But I'm coming from a space where I do very well on a, on a yearly basis, and I take that money and I strategize. It's not about how much you make, it's about how much you can actually keep. A person who makes, uh, let's say, $250,000 a year can't be better doing better than a person who makes $50,000 a year. When their expenses is $30,000, they got $20,000 extra to invest, and you make it $250,000, and all that two fifty dollars is on your, on your back or, in, or what you're driving. So just because you make more than me don't mean you actually have more than me because it's not about what you make, it's how much you keep. So as you make money, you have to save it. Not saving to look at it and say, oh, I feel good about it. Save it so you can invest in something that's gonna be long term. I won't give you advice about you know what you should invest in because you should listen to an accountant for that. <laughs> but I'm saying though, if you plan in advance and you know what you're in this real estate game for and you come across so much money, you have no cap. When we were at Dreamtown, a young man started with me. He was very loud. And I used to be like, oh, man, every time he comes in the office, he's very loud. And so he's, he's, and on top of that, he had no car. Within, we were talking about the first three months. He's in an Uber when Uber pool was going around. And he gets in a car with this person on his way to catch an Uber to work as a realtor. I just never heard anything like it. The woman says that I just got qualified. She said, oh, what do you do? He said, I'm a realtor. Just got qualified. His first deal was $750,000. And we're talking about the first three months. I'm talking about because you don't have a cap on how much you can make. And if you're not careful, you get all of this money and don't know what to do with it. So to answer your question, I know it was a little long, but I, you know, okay. But just to ask your question, I don't care how you decide to invest later on in retirement. You just have to make sure that you're investing in something. So when you're making that money, save it. And when you save it, Oh, y'all sound real good. <laughs> yep, same question to you, Mike, uh, in terms of uh, how realtors should plan to retire. So, I mean, Rodney just dropped so much on you. I'm going to actually piggyback off what he said. So one of the things as, as, an, as a 1099, obviously, is we have to control our expenses. I don't think realtors spend enough time really understanding their expenses. And so one thing I do at the end of every year is I do a full analysis on my all my expenses, not just business, but personal. I really dive in to see where am I spending all my money. And a couple quick stories on this and why I started doing this um, is I used to work at an office that was in River North, and I'm not a, I'm not a stay-at-home work guy. Got to go to the office. There's not any. There was like no free parking there, so I was always paying for meters. A couple a couple bucks a day, not a big deal. 
end of the year, I looked at my expenses and realized I spent over $3,000 on meter parking just to work at the office. So I was like, screw that, I'm going to Starbucks. It's free to park, right? And fortunately, I love Starbucks coffee. And even though I only buy black coffee and it's a couple bucks, I went back at the end of that year and looked at my personal expenses and realized I spent over $3,000 a year on Starbucks coffee, which is insane. <laughs> Um, so what I started doing is I started realizing where I need to really be spending my money and how I should be doing this, doing it smarter. So I started putting myself on little budgets, like I only would get Starbucks coffee once a week on a Saturday morning. That was it for me. I could, you know, a little treat for not doing it earlier in the week. If I got it earlier in the week, I wouldn't get it on Saturday. So essentially put myself on a Starbucks budget, which is insane to say out loud, actually. Um, <laughs> But when you go in, you actually do a deep dive into where you're spending your money and not just where your business is, because we're all conscious of that, right? Like, oh, I need to be careful, you know, get the best deal on this marketing or this CRM or whatever. We, we have no problem doing that in our business lives. You know, we'll fight tooth and nail for $4 cheaper on a CRM, but we have no problem dropping $5 on a freaking smoke latte something at Starbucks every single day. And just FYI, if you spend $5 on these fancy coffees at Starbucks every single day, that adds up to $1,700 a year. Now just imagine how much more business you could generate using $1,700 to market your business. Guilty. My God. <laughs> yep. yep. Uh, it's pumpkin spice latte season. It's on, man. It's on. <laughs> no, that's good stuff. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Look, everybody's all riled up on the start. Sorry, Manny. I love you. So we're going to pivot a little bit. Um, a lot of us use credit cards um, to do a lot of things in our business. So I want to ask you both in terms of credit cards. How do you recommend realtors manage, you know, credit cards on a on a weekly, monthly, yearly basis? I actually don't believe in credit cards. Uh, I the way I the way I think it's smart for an agent to set it up is to have a little bit of capital when you start your business, especially if you're brand new. Put that into your business account and use a debit card. That way, you're not racking up credit card, which is borrowed money that you just think is just there at the ready. Not realizing at some point that 0% interest rate is gonna expire and that thing's at like 17%. Now it might not be a big deal if you think you're you know, gonna pay it off every month, but what happens if the market tanks? What happens if for some reason you have five deals that are supposed to close and they fall apart and you're not getting paid and you have to pay things like a mortgage, a car payment or whatever, and you go, okay, I'm just gonna use my credit card. It's dangerous how fast your credit card debt can pile up. And then you think, okay, well, I'm just going to roll it over to another interest-free credit card. This is the cycle that keeps the middle class in the middle class is because they constantly do this. And then they end up with $30,000, dollars $50,000 in debt. They have to go to debt collectors. Their credit takes a tank. And these are the clients that we can't work with to buy a place. And they end up renting. We all know renting versus buying. I'm not getting into that. <laughs> but... The way I look at it is if you have that money into a business account and you're using a debit card, now you know and you're so much more conscious, uh, conscious of what money's coming out of that account. Because if you only have 500 bucks in there, you know, maybe spending $300 on a CRM or something like that isn't the right move at that time. If you had a credit card, you, would think, you wouldn't think twice about it. You would go do it. So I'm very much in the mindset, do a debit card out of your business account you can write everything off, you can use that for your taxes, and it just keeps things so much more organized and keeps you out of danger. Okay, so has anybody ever heard of Financial Peace University by Dave Ramsey? Yes. Okay, cool. I, I talked to class twice, and he would kill me right now if he heard you talking like this. So obviously Dave does not believe in credit, and I, and I definitely uh, was you know, an advocate for that. Um, however, I write Robert Kiyosaki, so I say I'm a Dave Ramsey saver, but a Robert Kiyosaki investor, which is essentially, he says, you don't go into debt for anything that's not asset producing. So he's thinking multifamily and things of that nature. When I talked about the credit cards earlier, that's a new concept that I'm obviously playing around with, with anything that's a reward credit card. Uh, there's two uh, dates on all of your credit cards, which is your due date and your, um, your um, close date and that where you can be able to pay a certain time without getting the interest on it. However, 
I would not recommend it for a person for a person who don't even manage their credit right now because it will get you to a space where you're thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars in debt. Those are more so for the sophisticated and extremely disciplined people when it comes to credit cards. I would totally agree. If you have a business debit card and treat it like a credit card with all of your expenses, it's just easiest, it's the safest, and we want to keep as much money as possible. The interest rates on these credit cards are insane. And I would avoid to, to I would try to avoid staying away from it. But if you're sophisticated and you're very disciplined, and please be honest with yourself, I would consider if you're gonna do credit cards, you gotta be keeping them up, keep them under a third, watch your due dates and your close dates, and make sure that you're using it not necessarily to fund your lifestyle, but to actually pay your bills if you need to and move forward. And as far as business, that money that's coming into your business. Put just, I hate to use the word budget. <laughs> I always say just know your number. Put yourself in a space where you can take that extra money and build and generate. I'm on the mindset that if I want something specifically like a Range Rover or the Audi A8 or it's a Q8, it's like if I want any one of those and they tell me it's $1,500 a month, I'm thinking to myself, how many houses do I have to close where I only spend a third of that for the $1,500 or what property can I get that'll pay that off every month for me instead of it coming out of my money. You do not want to work for every dollar that you make. I promise. And if you're doing this credit card thing, <laughs> that's just another added bill you just don't want to have. Yeah. So that's, that would be to echo. Cool. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I uh, appreciate it. So let's do a quick hypothetical uh, in terms of giving people actual tangible things to kind of take away. Um, let's say um, Devon closes a deal and his commission check is $8,000. Uh, how would you break that up in terms of, you know, where to put your taxes, how much to do in taxes, um, your fund money, uh, et cetera, et cetera? Okay. So first thing I do is 20% into a, to a savings account only because my accountant makes me do that. Uh, however, though, at the end of the year, I have so many tax write-offs that it's like, you know, I don't necessarily spend everything on there, so it's just an extra bonus to do a vacation or something. That's number one. Number two, obviously, I put it, the money in my account, and I pay my bills because I know what, what my monthly number is, and then I choose to do anything. Well, let me say this. There's three things you do with money. Build wealth, have fun, give away. So when a person says, oh, well, I would have never bought that, um, that, uh, that uh, what is it? It's a Tom Ford bag. I would have never bought that Tom Ford bag for six, $6,000. So just say, if you're broke, just say that. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, just say that. Just say, I can't afford that right now, okay? Because the reality is, is that once my bills are paid, my, my emergency fund is fully funded, and I have money invested to live my lifestyle, it's left to build wealth, have fun, give away. Either I'm gonna give it to a charity or something that I believe in, and I'm gonna have fun with it. That's why I work. That's why I'm, I'm literally changing lives out here. We're, making, we're helping people make some of the biggest decision in their lives, and you should be rewarded for that. I don't make any apologies, and I don't knock anybody who have what they have, because I don't know how hard they worked for it. So money is, for, is made for three things, to build wealth, have fun, and give away. And if building wealth is securing some properties, if building wealth is adding more value to yourself, because the more value you add, the more money you get paid, that's a nugget. It's like you you shouldn't feel bad about how you spend it afterwards. So that eight thousand dollars, twenty percent would go to savings. Another portion would be paying my bills, and I'll, the rest I'll leave either for leisure or figuring out a way to invest so that I can continue to have eight thousand dollars, maybe twice a month or a month, or a month or consistently on a monthly basis. That's 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 tangible, okay? Just so y'all know, it's tangible stuff. Right. Awesome advice. Um, so if I have eight thousand dollars, first thing I'm gonna do is like like Ronnie is saying, know your numbers, right? Know how much. Every single month, your expenses are personal, business, everything. Lump it together. Make sure you allocate some portion of your check towards your business or towards your expenses. You know that's so important. We do that. We got to pay our bills, so your mortgage, your car, whatever. So whether it's 25% or whatever, make sure there's always some money going into an account to pay your bills. Um, after that, what I always do is I put a portion, I would say 25% because we're taxed at 25% bracket typically as 1099s, put that into another account that is just to pay your taxes. Remember guys, we don't have taxes taken out. We don't have social security yep. taken out of our checks. Yep. We get this lump sum dropped into our account and it's up to us to not screw it up. So take at least 25% and put that somewhere. Make your quarterly payments. If your accountant isn't telling you to do this, talk to them. You need mm -hmm. to make quarterly payments on your taxes. The rest of it, I, leave, I would just leave that up to you, but I would definitely say use a portion of that for your business as well. 
you know, if there's, if you know there's something you want to implement or something you want to add to your business, use a portion of that commission to do so. It's very important that we're constantly evolving as realtors. So maybe take a class, you know, maybe take one at car or sign up for coaching or go buy a book, go buy a class online or something like that. Use it to grow your knowledge because if you grow your knowledge, you're going to grow your wealth. You're going to grow your business. You're going to be a better realtor. You're going to be a top 1%. You're going to be a top producer. You know, anyone that isn't growing is dying, in my opinion. So you need to constantly be growing. And then off what Rodney was saying, charity. Give yes. money away. Yes. Money comes full circle, guys. Yes. If you have yes. a belief in something, donate to it. Yes. You don't have, if, you, if you don't have money, donate time. Mm -hmm. But you'll see it's just how money flows. Like if you look at some of the, the people who have the most amount of money in this world, they give so much of it mm -hmm. away. It just looks like it's not as much because they have such an insane amount to it. But it's back to the philosophy, like who gave away more? Someone who has $1,000 and gives mm -hmm. away 900 or someone who has 9000 and gave away 900 or however it goes. You know, give a portion away and you'll see like that money does come back to you in what tenfold sometimes. Not the reason to do it, but that's just kind of a byproduct of just being a good person and helping other people out. Okay, let me just... Okay. Go ahead, Ronnie. Right. <laughs> I'm going to dot, dot, dot the last statement because I love it so much. Uh, Jim Carrey was talking about uh, how he wrote his $10 million check. You guys probably saw that video. He said, um, I wish that more people who want to become a millionaire hurry up and get to it. Because, so that they can understand that this is not a goal to become a millionaire. When you're striving to become a millionaire, it's who you become yep. as you become a millionaire, which is the giveaway, what, he, what, what uh, Mike was talking about. The person you become in serving, you guys, there's, there's two things that, that will take you along the way, okay? Your revenue and your relationships, okay? I have gotten in so many doors from the people that I know. Um, people, matter of fact, let me ask this. Who in the room have never met me but just, uh, just see me at an event or something? Just one time. This gentleman here, back there, okay. I don't, now I've never, I probably saw them in, in passing, but it's something about not necessarily what I do, but how I treated them when I was in that space. And my heart has been softened. If you, if you meet me, I'm just a friend, no matter what. My heart has been softened because I've been in situations where I saw kids who, for us, we just wanna make sure we close the next commission, but for them, they just wanna live another 30 days. And so who you become with all of these resources that you have, that's more important than what you actually have. And to be honest with you, most people who want to be successful is just to prove to everybody else that they made it. And that is the worst thing you could ever do. Because those people ain't thinking about you. Okay, so, all right, I just want to say sorry. <laughs> good stuff, good, good stuff. Uh-huh, yeah, absolutely. So keeping us moving along, uh, you both mentioned um, knowing your, your number, um, knowing your monthly number. I think that's what you were getting at. So uh, for everybody else, like, what does that mean, your monthly number? I'm behind you. Very simply, when you do an, do an analysis, maybe every, even every month, on what you're going to have to pay for expenses overall for life and business, once you get that, you already know what your base is. From there, everything else on top of it is essentially profit, in essence. So knowing really what your income is or what your uh, expenses are overall for your life, not lifestyle, mm -hmm. let's separate those two, right? Mm -hmm. You like to party, that's awesome. This is about what you actually have to pay so people don't come after you and start taking shit away from you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So know your expenses. Put it in a spreadsheet. I can't tell you. I do this for my mm -hmm. family. I have a family spreadsheet. I know how much I pay for my kids' tuition, which yes. is stupid expensive. <laughs> how much my wife's car is, my car, my mortgage, you know, like our, our cell phone bill. Every single dollar that I have to spend, I know I need to have that amount of money in one account that's going to mm -hmm. pay for all those bills. If you don't have this, you're winging it. And if yes. you wing it, you're going to get in some serious trouble because you're going to forget stuff. Just putting it into a simple spreadsheet will keep you organized. And if anyone knows me, you know, organization is one of my biggest things I talk to people about. So it builds structure and it builds discipline. A simple spreadsheet, just a Google Drive, Google or, you know, Excel spreadsheet can save you so much headache down the line. So just take it, put it all in there, and then now you know, like, that maybe it's $5,000 a month that you know has to be in one account to pay all your bills. Now you're good. You bring in 10000 that year. Now you have $5,000 that you can decide what you want to do with. You want to go party, go party. 
but at least the tax people aren't coming after you, credit card people, your car's not getting repoed, you know, and you can continue to live the lifestyle you want to live. Absolutely. I totally agree with Mike. Now, now, again, if you have your notes, start taking them at this point. Typically, I talk about, because I learned this from uh, Financial Peace University, your four walls is priority. Your four walls. If it's rent or mortgage, then your utilities, then your phone for your car note, your car insurance, and your gas. Because if nothing else gets paid, at least you're going to have a place that you can sleep and you can have a clear mind so you can come up with an idea to get paid. <laughs> and then also you don't have to worry about getting back and forth to how you get paid as far as transportation. So those are your four walls. I don't care if it's credit cards too long. All that stuff unfortunately can wait. However, when it comes down to your mental health and having a place to call home so you can be rejuvenated, so you can get out into the world and be competitive, that's the most important thing first. And then you go into your hair, your nails, and uh, your massages, and things of that nature, if you can afford it. Now, if you know that your all-in number is 3,000, you just keep building from there. I legit said that I would never not double whatever my expenses are, so I had that extra money to build wealth, have fun, and give away, right? So I know if I don't do anything, especially when I get big commissions, I mean, there's been months when I was just like, man, I am so grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful this month. And instead of spending it all, I say, okay, cool, this gives me three months out. Okay, and then on top of whatever gives me three months out at the emergency fund, then I can expend it on whatever leisure that I choose to do it or give away. I think that that's practical. I think that that's most, like, the most important thing. And then my favorite next part, the two parts, you do not, do not, do not, do not increase your expenses unless you're increasing your income, and you should do so incrementally. So if you know that now all of a sudden your average is five to $10,000 a month and your expenses are 3,000, now you can say, okay, how much more do I want to give in leisure? How much more do I want to give to vacations? How much more do I want to give to uh, investing? And the more you do that, it's like knowing your number is everything. I've sat with people who was um, about to lose their car and then they were recommended to come see me. I sat with them and we go over her budget and she's legit $3,000 extra a month. And I thought to myself, like, how did you miss this? I had another person who said that they found $2,000 in their jeans when they were about to wash. I said, how did you miss that? <laughs> <laughs> and so, because we do not, if, you don't, if you're not conscious about where your money is going, it'll go where it wants to go. So you have to be very, very intentional. Again, your four walls first, and then all the, uh, the extra things, and then continue to say, okay, I want to increase my income so I can live a different life. And increase it as you go, just because... If, you're, if you have a business and you legally did it and you got the PPP loan, that doesn't mean that you're about to live on that level yet. You better secure you some things to be able to shift, okay? In order to shift to where you want to go to next. I'm not against uh, PPP. I'm just saying, just if you get this extra money, and then I'm going to end this, okay? Just one last thing. Because <laughs> obviously, like, this is huge and this is important for me. There was a saying that, there's a saying that you can give all the wealth in the world to everybody and it's gonna still end up in the same hands. Because I don't care how much I give to you, if you don't know how to do what to do with money, you're gonna lose it. Like the people who know what to do with money will get it back. Because if you did distribute, distribute and let's say we all got a million dollars, and you're gonna say something, okay, now I'm about to really ball on them. It's just like, yeah, you're about to ball on them to the people who own it, who had it in the first place, and now they're about to be rich again. Like you gotta know your numbers so you can know your problem, and when you know your problem, you can fix it. All right, that's it. Cool, no, great, thank you. Uh, love it. So we got about two minutes before we wrap up. Um, on that same breath, there's a quote that I saw that says, just because you, like, there's always the person that's like, hey, if I had another $1,000, if I made another 500 bucks or another $500,000, like, I could be set. Mm -hmm. Just because you get more money doesn't mean you can manage it well. Absolutely. So, um, Absolutely. So money, you know, boring conversation. So for me, my question, personal question, um, what amount or percentage do you recommend realtors use for fun things? Like I like to go to nice restaurants and vacations and, and just nice things in general. Uh, is there a percentage or guidelines you guys have or recommend on you know what to what to do with that? Um, no, this this is definitely it's a personal question for everyone, Absolutely. right? So so knowing knowing how much money you bring in regularly. How much goes out regularly will answer that question for you if you try to put allocate a specific percentage towards fun so to speak then you're going to obligate yourself to do that every single month and you're already in your mind now thinking well i can't buy this this week because this month because i'm spending five percent on you know dinners and stuff like that like 
it's, you really got to take it a month by month. If you plan to spend a certain percentage every single month on parting or leisure, then you're going to start thinking you have to do it every single month, and you're going to find with the money that you should be spending on maybe your business, you're going to allocate towards something that isn't going to generate you more business. So just take it by take it a month by month. How much you did this month, plan it out. You know, maybe once a month you go out, but overall, if you really try to do something like that, it's just going to mentally kind of screw you up in essence. Cool. So for me. I'm more of a creative, so I have to be very careful. I'm very intentional about uh, budgeting because as a creative, we could just go with the flow, you know. Uh, one of the things I kind of go, I base it off of, again, uh, Dave didn't say this, but um, it's like if he said build wealth, have fun, give away, give away, uh, build wealth, have fun, give away, I'm always thinking in third. So I know you guys see the big old poster with the Powerball going down there. If I wasn't a Powerball, I would just divide everything into three, leisure, uh, investing, and having fun. After, so since I'm not getting a Powerball, <laughs> if I'm, once my four walls are taken care of, the extra money I usually divide it in thirds. That's just how I, I do it. Um, but you can adjust because it's a personal preference, like Mike said. You can adjust how you want to. But for me, the third thing works out very well. I'm a minimalist at heart, so I like experiences more than anything. I'd rather travel. I'd rather go out and do things. I don't have to be out at, at a particular place every single week to do a certain thing. But it's your personal choice. To be honest with you, we can't, it's nothing that we can tell you. It's your personal choice. After your bills are paid and you have money saved, all that extra money, you decide what you want to do with it because it's your money. And you decide how, but the number one thing, the four walls, make sure that you have a savings and then go from there. And then I can, I don't know if you're going to ask later, but the transition from full-time work into full-time entrepreneurship, we could, I could, because uh, I know a lot of people probably have jobs. Well, oh, yes, yeah. and we're done. Yes. The boss spoke, so, yeah. Yep. Okay, so yes, and we're done. It's good? Okay, we're gonna do it in one minute. Oh, uh, one thing I was taught is very simple. And for those who are trying to transition if I want to leave my job or not, I would say, please wait, because I made that mistake and it wasn't good. It's like, if you can know what your number is, it always goes back to that, and you save that for six months. Your seven month, you could put your, um, you could put your letter of resignation in, and typically you guys are working 40 hours a week. On that seven month, you have six months to translate those 40 hours into your business. It's no way in the world you're not gonna start closing. And then from there, you can start generating income. You probably don't even need to use that six months of reserves. So that's just one of my things. That's why it's important to know your number. When you know your number, you can know how you know to navigate, invest, and shift. But don't just go quitting your job just because you feel like you're called to entrepreneurship full time. It's very hard if you got the tenacity to do it by all means, but it is hard. Okay, that's it. That was cool, Mike, any closing uh, remarks? Uh, can I do a quick activity with you guys, actually? Yes. All right, so play along with me, please, all right? This is something that has helped me tremendously in my career. So we all know that there's times where some shit hits the fan, we have deal with angry clients, we get fired from stuff, right? But if you are in a bad mindset or bad state of mind at any time throughout the day, you don't know how that's going to affect future business. So there's a trick I want to share with you guys, something I do regularly when just things don't go well, okay? So first thing I do is just play along, please, all right? Sit up straight. Sit up like you were just super confident you could take on the world, all right? Now take in, just taking three really big deep breaths through your nose, out through your mouth, you know, right in the abdomen, all right? Three really ones, just to calm yourself. All right, once you do that, I want you to close your eyes don't worry, I'm not going to rob you. <laughs> all right? And all I want you to do is just picture yourself being very successful, a moment that you had a ton of success, all right? or a moment that you were just super happy, whether it's with your kids or you know, a dinner with the family, something like that. Just a moment that you felt a ton of joy inside you. And really put yourself there. If you're on the beach, feel the wind, smell the ocean, the sand under your feet. All right. Really picture and feel that yourself you're in that moment. All right. Once you've taken it all in, and you really feel like you're there, I want you to open your eyes. How do you feel? Awesome. Feel awesome, right? You feel wonderful. Feel happy. Use this. This is a simple tool you can do. It took what two minutes? Sorry, Corey. That was over a minute. <laughs> uh, but I use this regularly when some, some bad stuff happens. We all deal with crap throughout the day, angry clients or whatever. 
if you get yourself in a good state of mind, that next conversation you have, which maybe is with a million dollar client, your mind is gonna be free and open and you're able to have a real conversation with them and share your knowledge with them and win that business instead of having a closed off mind because you're so angry at what just happened. So thanks for playing along, guys. Yeah. All right. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, hopefully you guys got some good uh, gems and good takeaways. Um, no one likes working for free. We're all doing this because one, we like real estate, and two, we like making money to take care of the things we care about and the people we care about. So uh, thanks for coming. I uh, appreciate everybody's time. Uh, another round of applause for these gentlemen. We appreciate it.
Welcome to the YPN Breakfast Podcast. Please enjoy this audio recording of our August Financial Literacy Breakfast at Manny's Deli. You'll listen to Mike Opid, Rodney Terry, and moderator Devon Chandler as they discuss financial tips and tricks for realtors to implement in their business. Enjoy! Enjoy!